0: Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kurt Klingerman, your host. This is episode five of season five, which is entitled, With Whom Do You Agree? But before we dive into this, I wanna share just a few things. And one I've mentioned before, but I just wanna reiterate it. If you have questions, we want you to feel free to ask the question. So by all means, use the comment section or email us at kurt at Faith. Dot org and also if there's some things that we haven't covered that maybe you'd like to see covered in the future you know put some suggestions out there we are definitely open to that and if you have a prayer request that you'd like to share with us we want you to feel free to do that as well and just full disclosure if you've got things you do not want shared they are not going to get shared just simple as that we respect your privacy We'll only share to the degree that you want us to, and and that's it. And finally, one more thought is we feel led to actually go back to some of the basics. In other words, start laying a foundation down. And so we're going to go to Christianity 101, if you will. And just, uh, or another way you can phrase it is the beginning of the doctrine of Christ, which you can actually find this in Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2, which kind of lays out the what is considered basic doctrine, if you will. So, we're going to go there next, I believe. Lord willing, that's where we're going. So, without any further ado, we'll jump into this episode. With whom do you agree? And I have a question for you right off, right off the start, right out of the gate, and that is, do you agree with God's Word? Do you agree with God's Word? And then that leads me to a second question. Do you think it's time that believers get crystal clear as to whether they believe the Bible? And the reason I ask that is because there's a number of people that say, I believe the Bible, and I believe in the preceding Word of God, but yet their confession doesn't quite match what they say they believe and so what are some reasons for that? Now, obviously, we all have our hypocritical moments, right? That doesn't mean we're necessarily full-blown hypocrites. And what is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is an actor or someone who's pretending to be who they are not, quite simply. But we can have our moments where we say one thing and do another or confess one thing and say another and so on. You get what I'm, what I'm saying, but there are some who say they believe, but again, as I said, the confession doesn't line up. And why? For some, it's simply they have not made the commitment to God You know that says, there's no turning back, regardless of what's before me. There's some that are just dabbling in the Word of God. In other words, their heart's not been fully converted. You know, they're just kind of testing the waters they're not quite sure about the Bible to be quite frank. And again, I'm no judgment here. I'm not judging anyone for it. It's just simply laying out where they may be at. It's just a point of clarity. And then there's those of course, that don't really care all that much about it. In other words, it's been more of a convenience thing. you know, I will do this Christianity thing so long as it's convenient to me because i'm actually so wrapped in the world wrapped up into the things of the world i really don't care so if it if it coincides with what i'm doing great if not great <laughs> you know that's just where they're at it's really it it, co- it coincides with the parable of the sower which jesus taught us in matthew 13 and mark 4 as well as luke 8 if you want to dive into them So those, of course, are obvious reasons for some. They just aren't there. They haven't grown any roots in the faith yet. But what about those who do believe the Bible? They do believe the preceding word of God. They are sincere. What's going on? What's going on with that? Could it be that they've been listening to mixed messages? And What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, it's kind of obvious. We have the... Wisdom of the world, and we have the wisdom that comes from the Word of God. And let's face it, for a number of us that have grown up in the world, uh, we've taken in a lot of the world's wisdom. And so we've got some different dialogues playing in our head as to what's right and what's wrong and what's a good way to go and so on. And frankly, some of the things from the world or the wisdom of the world, if you want to go there, might sound pretty good until you compare it to the Word of God or to the wisdom of God. But here's a funny thing, the irony of it all, right? We know the wisdom of God is far superior, but even still, sometimes the Word of God may sound a bit backwards to some. And why do you suppose that is? Well, if you've believed a certain way for a long period of time, that's what you're comfortable with. We humans really love certainty. And so if we feel like something we've believed for a long time is certain, then we're going to hang on to that because it's where we find our comfort. It could be a tradition we learned in the family or maybe a tradition in church or wherever, something you know that we've grasped or took hold of, and that's all we've known. So when the Word of God comes, it sounds totally counterintuitive to what is the right thing to do, right thing to believe. And that's, that's perfectly... You know, that's sensible. But we do need to realize that just because something is comfortable, it doesn't make it truth. You know, just because you're comfortable with something doesn't make it the truth. So, we have to really consider this question, too. What message plays the most important role in my life? In other words, when I hear mixed messages, which ones am I going to latch on to? Am I going to latch on to the wisdom of the world, or am I going to latch on to the wisdom of God? Am I going to take a hold of the Word of God? You know, there's, you know, and that leads me to another point. A lot of people avoid the truth, because when you face the truth, it brings you to a place of decision as to whether you're going to allow that truth to change you or call on you to make changes that you don't want to make, because a lot of people don't want to make changes, even for the better. And that goes back to what we just said. It's because they are comfortable where they're at. And sometimes these changes can be very uncomfortable. And if anyone has told you walking with Jesus is easy, they didn't tell you the full truth, right? Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not the easiest thing in the world. It is not, but it's the best thing. It definitely is the best thing, the most rewarding, the most joyful thing, but it's not the easiest. So a disciple, by the way, is willing to change. He's willing to allow the Word of God to work in his or her life, to renew the mind, so we begin to change the way that we think. And then we have all these crazy things in the world, you know, which can cause a lot of anxiety for people. For some, what they do is they head deep into the Word of God, and they find comfort in the Word. And that means getting in the Bible, and they find comfort there. Because Romans talks about the comfort of Scripture, where we find encouragement by those that have gone ahead of us, You know that have endured hardship by and through the Word of God. We find encouragement with that. And not only that, is if you don't hold the truth, if you don't have the truth, you are... Subject to confusion. And with confusion comes anxiety. You know, like we humans, you know that certainty thing? We love to know what is ahead of us. We do not like the unknown for the most part. That makes us a little bit nervous. And if you don't hold the truth, you can be confused. Conversely, if you know the truth, you cannot be confused, right? So that's actually kind of a way you can tell whether or not you've got a or counsel in the Word of God. You know, you could be studying something in the Bible and you get this, I know that, I know that, I know that this, this is right. This is something that you can't be confused with. Let me share a very simple and silly example. If I came to you and said, to be saved, you have to believe in Jesus and you have to stand on your head and recite the Ten Commandments ten times, then you will be saved. Was that confusing? Confusing? (laughs) Of course not. That was silly. You know better than that, right? Because the Word plainly says, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? Can't be confused with, with something like that. When you know the Word of God, you can't get confused. Unfortunately, when things get crazy, people focus on the crazy, and then they wonder why they get anxious. But if you can take a deep breath, and sometimes literally take a deep breath and slowly let it out, and pray, submit to Holy Spirit, jump in the Word, commune with the Lord, commune in His Word, in the Bible, you'll find that peace that surpasses understanding, ruling in your heart. That's an act of submission to Holy Spirit. But if you focus on the crazy, don't be surprised if you feel a little bit anxious. And of course, what you believe influences what you say it influences what you do in Luke 6:45 Jesus said a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil for of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so again what one believes generally is what one is going to say. So what one believes is going to come out of our mouth. Of course, there are some exceptions to that, like, for example, capitulating to peer pressure, right? Sometimes when we're with a group of people and they're saying some things that we don't agree with, there can be a timidity factor involved with that. And if that's ever happened to you, you know, don't get too hard on you. It's a common thing. However... As you grow in the Lord and as you find yourself submitted to Holy Spirit, who empowers you to be the say what is right in the right time. I mean, there is a time to speak and the time to be still. But you will find a boldness as you submit to Holy Spirit. You know, and we can, we've seen examples of that in Scripture. We've seen that, for example, with the, the apostles. Before Pentecost, they were afraid. But after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they had boldness, right? They were bold, Okay, so let's jump into another section. Beware of subtleties, uh, subtleties, uh, things that are subtle, <laughs> right? It's not. Sometimes it's not the big, overt things that gets us off track, right? Sometimes it's the little things over a period of time that gets us a little bit off course. Here's a real simple example, and that is when you're reading a verse of Scripture, and you omit a word that's in that verse, it could definitely throw off the meaning of that verse. You follow what I'm saying? And it's the same thing in our daily walk. If we compromise just a little bit by a little bit by a little bit, next thing you know, we're way out in left field. The good thing about the Word of God, it can put us right back on track where it belongs. So beware of subtleties. Now, in relation to messages, it's very important that we pay attention to, you know, how we listen. How we listen. See, sometimes how we listen is almost as important as to what we listen. For example, in Luke 8, verse 18. So, take care how you listen. This is Jesus talking. He's just been... This is actually falls in conjunction with the parable of the sower. So, this is Luke 8, verse 18. So, take care how you listen. For whosoever has, to him shall be given. And whoever does not have, even that he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Again, the first part of that verse says, take care how you listen. So, as I was getting alluding to, it's not only what we listen to, But it's in the way that we listen to it that makes a big, big difference. And one of the areas I'll touch on, and there's a lot of of places we could go with this, but let's just zero in on one area for the moment. It's important to listen with a believing heart, right? That's important because a believing heart is intentional, It is very much intending to believe what God has to say. Now, does this mean we believe everything? No, and we'll touch more on that here in a moment. But it just simply says, I'm open to the things of God, and I want the things of God. Because if I enter in with a disbelieving heart, I'm going to be less apt to be able to receive what God has for me. I'll be less apt to embrace the truth. And as I said earlier, the less truth you have, and this is another way to put it perhaps, the less truth you have, the more anxious you might be. But the more truth you have, the more peace you're more apt to have. See, the thing is, with a believing heart, we find it much easier to endure hardship, right? A believing heart helps us endure hardship. And again, it influences what you have to say. Now, getting back to this thing about being careful about how we listen and what we believe and how we come to believe things. There is a phrase in the Christian community, I don't some of you may or may not have heard this before. It says, "Be Berean, be Berean." So what's that what's that mean exactly? I'm not going to read the the scripture. I probably should have pulled it up for you. But if you look in Acts chapter 17, verse 10 through 11, you'll find where this term comes from. But when Paul was ministering in Berea, there was a group there who basically determined that they were going to check out what Paul had to say. They were going to see if what he said was so. So that's the idea, is to be able to examine what you're listening to or reading and compare it to the Word of God to see if it is true to see if it is so. Now, one thing along with that, to help you in your faith, in your walk, to help keep doubt away, is it's not to see if something is so or not. And the reason I say that is if we study to disprove something, we are actually studying to disbelieve. And just as I said earlier, if we enter into disbelief, we will miss the things that God has for us, right? Conversely, we don't want to necessarily study to prove something is right because then we 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 can be we can easily overlook something that contradicts what we think we see is to be true. You know, we might we might miss correction, in other words, if we are so intent on proving something to be true, and we don't want to go there either, because that leads to self-deception. The idea is just to simply examine what's being said. And see if we can find it in Scripture. And when we find the truth, anything that's in error is going to fall away anyway, right? So truth, when it comes forward, is going to take any falsehood and push it aside. It's going to cast it down, right? It's going to get rid of it. It's almost automatic. Because like I said, once you get the truth, you can't be confused anyway. And with that, here's something maybe important to consider. And that is compare what you believe with the Word of God. Compare the things that you've grown up believing, the things that you believe about God, about Jesus, about anything scriptural or anything in life. Compare it to the Word of God and see how it lines up. Because, again, what we believe is going to vastly affect our walk. It's going to affect what we say and it's going to affect what we do. Final question, I think. Do your words agree or do they contradict the word of God? Do your words agree or contradict his word? Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit or eat the fruit thereof. Right? A lot of people quote that verse, especially when they're talking about their confession, right? This is one of those confession verses, and it's a very true verse, to say the least. But well, let's be honest, how many times have we said things that weren't exactly life-giving? Sometimes it is, would be a good thing, I believe, periodically just to do a quick heart check, but also a good, for lack of better words, confession check. In other words, pay attention to what you say. Maybe think back on some conversations and the things that came out of your mouth and compare them to the Word of God and see if they lined up. Or, you know, be more mindful in your conversations with other people, which includes being mindful to listen to what they have to say before you reply or respond. You know, I mean, we've, you've, we've all talked about this, or, you know, this gets said a lot, but, you know, how often do we get caught up in what we think we want to say next versus really listening to what the other person has to say? But moving forward a little bit again, pay attention to... What's about to come out of your mouth? And just just compare it. Is, is this going to edify? Is this going to be life-giving? Or is this counter to the Word? Jesus said that in John 6, verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. So, stating the obvious, the Word of God is life-giving. So, having said that, here's another thing to pay attention to. From where am I speaking? In other words, am I speaking from the standpoint of Holy Spirit, where I'm submitted to Spirit, allowing Him to lead me in the conversation? Or am I coming from the flesh, from the carnal mind, which has really very little to do with life and can be quite prideful, can be quite arrogant, can be quite... uh, angry, wrathful. It can be a lot of things other than life-giving. So before we start to say what we're going to say, it might be a good time to just consider where is this coming from? Where? What is the source of these words? Is it going to be life-giving? Is it going to be edifying? And so on. Just something to consider. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them... In the truth. Your word is truth. So again, the word of God we know is truth, but but like it like he said, the word also sanctifies. It kind of goes along with what's written in Ephesians five, where it talks about Jesus washing us with the water of his word. It cleanses us, it renews our mind, it gets us thinking in the right right way. Okay, then we read in first Peter four eleven. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So there we have it. As the disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to speak as if the Lord is speaking through us. Indeed, if we're submitted to Holy Spirit, that's exactly what's going to happen. We are going to speak the things that are of God versus the things of the flesh or the enemy for that matter, but I'm not going to give him any attention at this point. And so the way we do that is simply stop, submit to the Holy Spirit, ask him to lead us in the conversation. You know, it's just sometimes as easy as like, well, what did they need to hear, Lord? And the Lord might just say, they don't need to hear anything. You just need to be still. But that's another conversation for another time, right? One final thought um, in relation to the Word, and then we'll wrap up. If you have a hard time studying the Bible, it might be a matter of the method that you're using that is maybe giving you a hard time. And what I mean is, Sometimes people just kind of open their Bible, and they'll just read wherever, you know, wherever their eyes land, and that's where they start to read. And, of course, the Word of God is always going to be beneficial because it always accomplishes what He pleases, it always prospers, and so on. It doesn't return to Him void. So any word you get is going to be beneficial for sure. But sometimes if we get add some method to it, if you will, one example is, reading it one book at a time, one chapter, one verse from beginning to the end. You know, and you can do it with the entire book of the Bible. And if you're new to the faith, as a suggestion, maybe start with Matthew and read you know, Mark, Luke, John, all the way to Revelation. Go through there a few times. You know, don't worry about whether you're going to understand everything. You know, just know this, that your spirit man understands. It might take a little bit for your soul and your mind to catch up, but it will catch up. And then go back to Genesis. Or, as another idea, you might read the Old and the New Testament together. In other words, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way through Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all the way through Revelation. And then once you've gone to the end, go back to the beginning and just keep cycling through the Bible because it's a great way, obviously, to get to know the word, but it's a way that you get to begin to see cross-references, things that begin to clarify something in the word that you read over here, you find over there that clarifies what you don't understand over there and so on, you, you get what I'm saying. So just is a suggestion, just you know, one book at a time, one chapter, one verse, start from the beginning, go to the end and just keep on trucking. And of course, if you're studying on something specific or a specific topic, that's something different altogether, which we won't get into that at this point. Okay, well, listen, one more thing. I wanna thank you for listening. I do not take your time for granted. The fact that you would take time to listen means a lot to us, means a lot to me. And I do pray that this has been beneficial to you. And I'm trying to be prayerful about what, what I'm saying, So that I'm not wasting your time, but edifying and building you up, encouraging you. And of course, it's not meant to be a one-way street. I mean, I'm open to things that you might have to say, of course. And uh, so anyway, with that, thank you so much for listening. Be blessed, my friend.